0: everyone, to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, and as always, I am joined by Jamie, Dan, and Joe. Hello. What up, Oos? Hello,
1: Hello, my trouble
0: teeth. Hello to you all. How are we on this fine Thursday eve?
2: Yeah, can't complain. lots of sunny, so it's nice. Well, it's only for the, the next five minutes, I'll probably start raining yeah,
0: in a second. Well, it's, no, it's not been bad here today. I've, uh, It was quite sunny. I had the day off work, but I had to go and take my son for his next set of vaccinations, his next jabs, his one-year-old jabs, even though he's over a year old now, but that's what they booked him in for. So that was fun, getting four shots, one in each arm, one in each leg. He screamed, as you can imagine. But he was fine afterwards, yeah. Oh, he was fine (laughs) as soon as he had a Freddo in his hand.
2: Don't worry, it's go Eurovision check. on the weekend
0: that will cheer him up. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Come on, uh, May Muller, even though she cannot sing that song live for the sake we of We already anything. know
3: Sweden's won it all anyway.
0: Yeah, well, yeah maybe... she, she's back. She's going to do it again.
2: She's she... the only second multiple time winner after yeah, Johnny Logan.
0: After Johnny Logan. There we and go. I think,
2: yeah, May Muller, the only thing I know about her is she sat on the piano during Mika's performance of Grace Kelly. That's the only thing she's famous for.
0: When she was about 10 or something, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But they've got got, um, a a flute-playing person in uh, Moldova. They're quite good. The Finland guy's got a big puffed-up shoulder jacket. He's getting a lot of attention. And um, Croatia, I think you'll really like Croatia, Taryn. They're very similar to Monty Python.
0: Very good. I'm a very, very big Eurovision fan. Very big. However, I always make a point of never ever watching the semi-finals because i don't oh. want to spoil um i don't want to spoil the final for me by already having listened to the performances even though i do listen to a handful of the songs beforehand on the lead-up to it but certainly the live ones anyway this isn't a eurovision podcast that's coming <laughs> next week if only um we've got to talk about the wrestling we do and yeah i mean where else to start but of course last saturday backlash and it was a decent show, was it not?
2: Yeah, oh, it was very it, good. It was. It surprised me. I, I was going into it thinking, oh, it's not that good compared to the card. But the the Puerto Rican crowd, wow, they they made the event.
1: I agree.
0: They did, and you know, it reminded me very much of a crowd over here. And I think you know, because they don't get these events, you know, week in week out like they do in in America. Just like we don't, you know. There is something special about it. The crowd are up for it. If if every week these shows were emanating from there or emanating from the UK, then naturally the audiences would be as they are in America. And I'm not saying, you know, every state or every city in America is poorer. Of course, they're not Look at your Chicago's places like that. But, you know it's something special when the events come over here or they go to other countries. And and let me say other countries that are actually interested in wrestling, not your Saudi Arabians, for example, when they're sat on the front row with their phones. Um, But it certainly adds to the spectacle, does it not, Joe?
1: Yeah, um, I agree with your statement there, Taron. Like, from the minute, the first match to the end match, they were so loud. Like, they definitely made their voices heard. As you said, it definitely uh, reminded me of like a UK crowd in terms of like loudness, like, but they cheered for like, they cheered for the good guys, they booed for the bad guys, but then some bad guys, I'm sure we'll get into the Bianca match and EO Sky match, like some people got, like, cheered more than they should have got cheered, and then, yeah, they were just loud the entire night, it was, it was a I wicked I think atmosphere. the Puerto Rican fans agree with you, Joe, about Bianca Belair. Uh, I, I know. I'm I,
0: think they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. And it's very much the case, is it not, Dan, where you can have a show with, you know, solid matches and, and maybe not, you know, some of the matches didn't necessarily have the most amazing build up and the crowd, uh, sorry, and the, and the card wasn't necessarily amazing to the point where you thought, oh, you know, this is a must not miss event. You know, you, you looked at the card and you thought, well, yeah, there's a couple of matches. Yeah, I'm not speaking for everyone here, but for me personally, it was like, oh, there's a couple of matches here that I can. I'd be quite happy to watch, but I can give or take actually watching the event. As we know, I, you know, I've watched it live because it was a Saturday night and didn't have work the next day. But when you take into account the crowd, that very much adds another layer to it, doesn't it? And it very much elevates things. And then let's take, for example, the first match, um, you know, the women's ch- Royal Women's Championship match, a match that I personally wasn't necessarily Too interested in, but watched it and within five minutes was very much involved purely because the crowd were, and it made me want to keep watching
2: the match. Hundred percent. And I I was speaking to a colleague of mine, uh, James, in work, and he's been watching. He's catching up a lot on wrestling, and he's going back through the network, and he could have a look and say, "Oh, that match is built to be amazing, like the DX versus Brother Destruction," but actually the crowd make it. He said that he turned it off because the crowd were absolutely dead, and for him. That's something that we make him watch or not watch a show is if the crowd are are, are into it and really amazing. They're part of the show. They're part of the audience. You can have a really amazing, like this week's Raw, we had some amazing wrestling matches, but the crowd were flat as a pancake. So much so they had to pipe in uh, crowd noises during the Cody and Brock segment where they should be gasped. They didn't care. So some fans do actually switch off if there's not um, a good crowd reaction. I think it's probably opening WWE's eyes that, Actually, the international is the way to go. You know, we might see an event in the Stade de France. We might see an, an event in Mexico City, um, in Chile. Germany's got a massive wrestling scene. Sky's the limit, and they'll have a wicked. They'll it, teach the American crowd. Actually, they need to liven up a bit, otherwise, they might be losing these premium live events.
0: Was it Bailey who tweeted out saying they needed an event in Paris? Was it? Did you say Paris or was it Bailey? I might be getting all this mixed it up. It was now. Drew
2: McIntyre. It was. Um, I think Bailey did as well. Yeah. You know. Oh, in France, just based a... on
0: yeah, based on the tour, like the house show tours that they've just done. she said well, the you crowd saw the
2: was reaction red hot, Seth got, didn't you? Seth um, yeah. had a massive like eleven minute thing of where everybody I mean, was singing it. his theme.
0: It just shows yeah, yeah, doesn't it, the international market. The money is there, and it's taken them, God knows how many years, I think, to realise that they know to an extent. The money's there for them when it comes to Saudi Arabia, not necessarily from the audience side of things. I mean, yes, they're buying the tickets so they're getting the financial side of things through that. But that's more of my understanding a government funded project. The government are effectively paying for the WWE to come over to show the relationship between to try and strengthen relationships, you know, with the West effectively. That, you know, let's be honest, that's why they're doing it. So WWE realised that's a purely financial decision when they take events over there. When they come over to the UK, when they go over to Puerto Rico, for example, or anything like that, they know. Because, I mean, again, with if you look at Clash at the Castle, the Welsh government did fund part, not all of it, but I understand part-funded the WWE coming over, very much in the same way that cities bid for WrestleMania. Well, effectively, Cardiff and the Welsh government bid effectively for Clash of the Castle and, you know, they said, we'll throw some money at you to come over, helps our economy, helps you for your international market, it's a win-win situation, and yeah. they are now starting to realise, aren't, aren't they, by bringing these shows over to other countries other than just America?
2: No, definitely, and there's, if you you play the game of, like, where are they going to go next, sky's the limit, you will seeing AEW now over a tour of Canada, um, Impact's um, just announced that they're going over to Australia again, so it is, you know, a global market. There's so many places in the world that want WWE there. I mean, when was the last time I know WWE try and stick in the States? When was the last time they went to Hawaii? That would be a great little, uh, atmosphere for them. Shall we have a look? I was wondering that because I've been watching Young Rock and it shows um, The Rock's grandma running a territory in Hawaii. and teaming WrestleMania, up WrestleMania, The
3: Rock versus Roman Reigns in Hawaii. <laughs> Mate, i it- love
2: that.
0: Now it says that they did have a live event so a house show in September last year but as but obviously you know don't really count that in respect if it's not TV. Let's have a look see if anything. That would be really good
2: and it's technically the States and it'll give them a little bit of a holiday as well I'd love them to do that and put them in Hawaii because there's loads of them with Hawaiian you know heritage and a lot of them went over there and um, help the Rock's grandmother's wrestling promotion as well, so the history is definitely behind there. You know, the, the the chief,
0: I don't remember this. Did this happen? It says here, WWE announces Hawaii show as live WWE network special. And that was back in 2016. Did that happen?
2: I'll
0: have to go. I don't remember that, Hawaii don't. show on the no. network.
2: I would definitely have watched that, but no, I don't remember that. I, I remember campsite? the from the East show, but that's the only yeah. one I can remember. It would have been that sort of time as well.
0: I have absolutely no idea if this happening. Oh, hang in on. Gone. Here we go. And then a month later, WWE Hawaii show will not air on WWE <laughs> Network. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it sounds as if that was the plan, and... Uh, yeah it uh it, it never happened it sounds if the events all happened but they never went ahead and, and broadcasted it so it sounds as if it's been a while the last thing i'm sure they've done since but the only thing that was popping up from a very very quick google search without doing some full research into it was an episode of raw in hawaii from 1993. oh wow so when it first started exactly so
1: it yeah,
0: may point. very well have done since, but yeah, maybe that's the next market to jump into. Right, let's have a look at Backlash then. So, of course, we had Backlash on Saturday, May the 6th, coming all the way from Puerto Rico. And as we've already said, decent event, crowd made it. And I say the crowd made it, but the actual calibre of the matches themselves were pretty decent as well. I don't necessarily think though. I watched all the matches and I didn't think, oh, this is a bit... Mm, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm, try- I'm trying to think now. I'm looking back at I'm back at the card. I don't think there was anything that
1: I, I thought, that...
0: or oh, I, need- I did put it this way. I didn't go to the bathroom, I don't think, from the start to the end of the show. Usually I do. I think, oh, I'll go and, you know, take five minutes, let's say. But I didn't do. I sat down and watched the entire thing, even through those absolute, Christ almighty, terrible bloody trailers of promo videos of, superstars and things like that where he goes oh we're going to some sort of break now but if you've got Peacock Plus or whatever Michael Cole says.
3: Peacock Premium
0: Peacock Premium there we go which of course doesn't apply to us we just have the network which is basically the same thing. He says you can now have a look at a recap on Gunter's rise to being a continental champion and then they play a five minute thing of that so you know we all get that in the UK and Europe on the network as well but I'm assuming now it's on Peacock in the states. They technically have adverts during the pay-per-views now.
3: No, if you don't, like have I watch premium... on Peacock. I have Peacock Premium though, so yeah, probably. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. So you, yeah, you, if see you have the to have Peacock, promos, which is free. Peacock is free, yeah. um, or you pay a basic Excellent. price for. But $4. if you don't have pre- Peacock, which you'll get sports premium. with sport, which yeah. you get adverts. But, yeah, if you get Peacock Premium, which I do have, then, yeah, you get all of it without adverts.
0: But if you don't have Peacock Premium, you've basically got adverts during what was once a pay-per-view, which obviously would never have happened if you'd paid your 20, so It, it would only be but
3: Peacock adverts, though, so, wouldn't it? Or I know, but it like it's
0: like watching a network TV show, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Cable or satellite TV show. Uh, anyway, anyway, the event started, as Joe alluded to earlier, with the Raw Women's Championship match between Bianca Bella and Io Skye. Um, and just before we go on to the match itself, they, they still haven't said what they're doing with the titles yet, have they? Bit of a prelude to Raw. They kind of mentioned the fact that, we'll go on to it in a moment, but said champion on SmackDown, or SmackDown said champion, who is now on Raw, They didn't go, oh, and by the way, they're going to swap the titles or there's going to be some sort of talent swap or back or anything like that. They're just saying, yeah, the SmackDown champion is on Raw and the Raw champion is on SmackDown. What do we think is going to happen with that? Do we think they are just going to swap them eventually and they're just kind of pushing it to the back for the moment because of the World Heavyweight title
2: tournament? Or have we got any ideas? (laughs) It makes sense if they just rename them. Like you have a WWE Women's Champion and a Women's World Champion. You rename them. That would be cool, and the one belt looks a bit different. That way, they don't have to worry about that every single year. That one's got one color and one's got the other color. You know, you've got a universal world heavyweight champion, a universal WWE champion on the one show, and you've got the world heavyweight champion on the other. You could do the same with the women. That'd be an easy fix, and you don't have to do a stupid swap.
0: It makes sense. And I'm just hoping that they change the name of the WWE Universal title back to the WWE Championships. We've got the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship like we used to. And he just carries around one belt, Reigns, the non-coloured blue one, just you know, the black leather strapped WWE title, just carry that round and be WWE champion again. Um, I think
2: he'll carry both, but then when he eventually loses, then it'll just be known as one. Like it'll just fizzle down to one title. Like yeah. you like they do when they have a unification. They grab yes. both. They don't walk around with both then. They just have the one adopted. I think when he eventually loses it, maybe next year at WrestleMania, that's when it'll happen. That is of course.
0: As long as he doesn't enter himself into the tournament this Friday and win it all, Joe, and become the world heavyweight champion as well,
1: um, I, I would say absolutely not, but knowing WWE, they probably would just troll us all. Probably, be like, oh, yeah, Roman Bridges in, in the tournament and he, he just wins it, he just has all the belts.
0: We'll see. Bianca Belair then defeated Io Sky in a match that went on almost 20 minutes, 18 minutes. And, you know, we have said it now, the crowd very, very much into this and very much into Io as well um, in regards to it. And I'm not, I've said it before, I don't know what it is about Bianca Belair, but I'm just not... I don't feel I don't I don't get excited by her character. I don't necessarily get excited by her matches. She's an incredible talent and her matches are always very good. But whereas, for example, if we look back at Mania and Rhea Ripley going for the title, I was like, I need to watch that match because I really, really like Rhea Ripley and I want to see her pick up the title. When it comes to Bianca Belair, I can quite easily give or take, you know, watching the match. I only watched this one because it was the opener. Um and because the crowd was so hot, if it was in the middle of the card and the crowd wasn't necessarily into it, then I probably would have grabbed something to eat at a bathroom break, that type of thing. But I, I thought the match for it was. Um, Jamie was very, yeah, very good.
3: Yeah, he was OK. <laughs> he,
0: he loved it, didn't he?
3: That was great. Yeah, I was so happy when she won.
0: Dan, you're a fan of Bianca Belair, we know that. You're happy that she retained the title. And what did you think about the match yourself?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we all know I predicted Io Sky to pick up the win on that. OK, I wasn't I wasn't right. But you know what? I think I was going more for what I wanted than what I think would have happened. Um, Having the damage control interfering and not having a, much of an effect on there, you know, it builds in with the storyline. Um, but it's working out. I, I didn't realise before we made our predictions, that if she won on Saturday, then she'd become the longest reigning women's champion. They dropped that nugget in on SmackDown, which uh, if I knew that before, that might have swayed me a little bit. But no, I was happy with the match. There was a side 20, 25 minutes. I like the interference and even Bailey had um, Io Sky's name on the back of her head. And she was making fun of Michael Cole. Uh, The interference was really good with it, but um, it's building towards something else. And I think it was a solid opener for what we needed.
0: Can I just say as well, I think we'll leave what we all predicted until the end and go through it for the sake of the point. But somebody did very well in these predictions, is all I'm going to say. Somebody did incredibly well to the point where I think it could even be a first time. Or it's certainly my memory. I can't remember if anybody has got Every single prediction. Your
3: lifetime.
0: Every single prediction on the card, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it till the end. No spoilers, and I'm not gonna hint towards anything here. But somebody did very, very well.
2: I know Mm. I did very, very badly.
0: (laughs) Moving on to a match that I don't know if I'm gonna say pleasantly surprised me because. I thought his match at Mania against Brock was what it needed to be. Not absolutely amazing, but was decent enough. And again, I thought this was pretty decent as well for the limitations that somebody the size of Omas has. But Omos in the match against Seth, Franklin Rollins, freaking Rollins himself, of course, um, in this one, Seth picked up the victory. But they did it in such a way, didn't they, Joe? Which I think we expected that... If Omos was to, if, sorry, Seth was to go over Omos, in which he did in this instance, that Omos still needed to continue looking strong, and you know he yeah. hit two, two or three curb stomps, didn't he, um, in this match? Did he kick? He kicked out of at least one, I think, off the top yeah, of my head. Um, yeah,
1: they, they did a thing of where um, Seth tried to do curb stop, because Omos is such a big guy, he had such a big neck, he blocked the curb stop with just his neck. And fair Seth Rollins, he made Omos look like a million bucks in this and um, I'll say this, I was very surprised by Omos and the way he could wrestle because the matches he's had against a lot bigger opponents like obviously he had his match against Brock he's had his match against um, Braun Strowman like all of his matches have been against similar sized people so against a smaller guy I thought See like holes in his defense because obviously Seth Rollins is the world class athlete. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he's a lot quicker. But I don't think you saw that at all in this match. I thought almost obviously Seth Rollins need to win for all the right reasons, but I don't think almost looked wickedness at all. I thought he held on, and there was actually some really good storytelling in this match, and Seth Rollins really had to fight to beat him. So yeah, I, I was surprised as well.
0: I no, I agree, in- Here's here's a question to put to you. I I mean, I'll throw it to you, Dan, for no apparent reason. Um, With Omos, did they slightly jump the gun in bringing him onto the main roster the way that they did? Because we've heard about, God, it was probably about a year ago now, The Undertaker say, like, Oh, he's going to be the next Andre the Giant. Well, Andre the Giant went years undefeated, You know, he was an absolutely incredible feat because people hadn't seen, you know, somebody that size before. And absolutely, as we know, had limitations in the ring. But that didn't matter because he was a spectacle. That was the whole point of Andre. But Andre came onto the main roster, had all these matches where he was absolutely all undefeated and eventually became a world champion and then went into, you know, your programs with Hogan, etc., that type of thing. With Omos, they brought him onto the roster had a few squash matches, disappeared for two or three months, came back on, did a few squash matches, disappeared for two or three months, and then has come back around the beginning of this year. And apart from the odd match here and there on Raw every few weeks, because, again, he might disappear for a couple of weeks or so, when he's having these pay-per-view matches, whilst they might be booking him to look strong, ultimately he is still losing them. He's losing them all. So how how can they how can they effectively continue or portray Omos' character in such a way where if they perhaps one day want to make him world champion, surely it's not going to be in the near future. It's got to be a long way down the line. And, you know, I'd put it to you, do they almost need to like reset things, because because they've, they've had two or three chances now to reset him, because he disappears for two or three months on end, but then when he does come back, he just carries on losing all the big matches, so are they actually going to pull the trigger on him, or is it too late?
2: I think they already have pulled the trigger on him, you look at the matches that, he, that he's had, he's had some amazing big matches against AJ Styles, and Seth Rollins, and Brock Lesnar, you know, he's faced the big names, I wouldn't say that his push was an Andre the Giant, I think, with an Andre the Giant it's almost impossible to recreate that. Like you've got someone like a Jay Cargill who's doing like a fifty-seven and oh, you know. But that's more like a Goldberg kind of push. Um, in terms of an Andre push, because with, back in those days you only had like one or two paper views a year, where now you've got a show every. It moves very fast. With an Omos, it reminds me very similar of a, a Big Show push. You think about it when Big Show came in. Massive, a next big thing He's Vince McMahon's project. He won the world, the WWE title pretty quickly and he was in that four way. But then he fizzled off. You didn't really see him until um, Survivor Series of 2002, when um, he ended up facing for the world title and Paul Eamon ended up joining him. Um, and that's when he won his next world title. So there's a massive gap with The Big Show, for example, between when he first won his world title and then the next time. So you've had the big push with Omos. But yeah, he could almost fizzle off. We we could almost not see him now for a good few months. But then he might be in the money in the bank or they might have an opportunity for the world title. And you know what? We'll all be going, oh, hang on a minute. Are they going to pull the trigger on an no Omos? You know, imagine if they got a tour over, you know, Europe and, and Africa and he's going back to um, Nigeria with that world title. It'd be absolutely great for press and it would work really well. So I think they can pull the trigger with him again. He's one of these ones that can go off the radar and then come back in again. Um, and I do think they are using him quite well. Although I wanted Omos to win this match, I do think that within the next couple of months, he'll be in another big few. He's got MVP behind him as well. They might reform the Hurt business. They, you know, there's so many different things. They could team him up with somebody. Um, you know, he, he could team up with one of the big guys who've just been called up from NXT, like a Zion Quinn or a Von Wagner and form a indestructible tag team. It's not just a world title picture. I think there's so many different areas They could go in, give him a king gimmick, loads of different things. So I think watch this space, but I don't think he's done. I think they have plenty of things lined up for
1: him.
2: He will be coming back as the hottest free agent.
0: (laughs) You you made a good point, though, then, about money in the bank. I don't think it's a bad shout having Omos win the money in the bank ladder match. I've always said it's better when a heel wins. Because the whole idea of money in the bank is, you know... Anytime the ultimate opportunity to look at edge, that's a very heel thing to do to interrupt a match or come out at the end when somebody's just had a match or they've just been beat down. And, and, you know, baby faces do it, but it's again, it's quite a heelish thing. Like, why would a baby face come out after someone's just been beaten up and cash in the briefcase? It happened, but it doesn't make much sense in the wrestling world. It's better for a heel to do it. I know Cody Rhodes is probably the hot favorite to win the Money in the Bank. But if they're going to go the route of a heel, and like I said, I always think, really, it's better for heels to hold the money in bank. I know Austin Theory is quite high on the odds as well of being two years in a row and doing it for the first time since CM Punk. But, yeah, why not? Omos, he can carry that for twelve, almost the full 12 months then and establish himself and get some wins behind him whilst holding that. And then, you know, whether he does successfully cash in or not at the end, Imagine no, the well, that'd be a good O2. way of doing it. Oh, incredible. Yeah, it, it would be. Imagine the booze at the 02 if, um, yeah, Cody Rhodes is right at the top, <laughs> top of the ladder and it's Omos who probably Lesnar will come down to push Rhodes off the top of the ladder to set them up for SummerSlam for the rubber match. Um, and, and Omos will climb and win it. Imagine he cashes in Omos during the <laughs> event in front of the crowd. Oh, people would shit on that. It. It'd be so good. Well, then again, the Homo Sapiens would be really happy. I, I've decided I'm an Homo Sapien. I do like Omar. Austin Theory, then, in the triple threat match, Jamie, defending the United States Championship against Bob the Lash himself, Bobby Lashley, and Mr. Nice, Bronson Reed. Triple threat match that only went on for less than seven minutes.
3: Well, you didn't need it to go any longer. You had the two big guys just beating the hell out of each other and Austin Theory getting the win like I'm pretty sure most of us said would happen anyway, unless someone like Dan went for Bronson or Reed to win it all. Did he? I can't remember. I think No, he did. I think I... I, went, I went for eight you went bobbed a lot. You did. I will
0: confirm God. at the end who um who went for who, but... um.
3: But no, yeah, yeah it's, it's it, what it needed to be. Let them beat him up and then Austin Theory sneak out with the title. It's, it didn't need to be any longer. We didn't want it to be any longer. because, Like I said, you wanted the other matches to be longer.
0: Did they, or, or are they still referring to Bronson Reed as Mr. the Mister no. Nice or Mr. Nice Guy? Or did they, have they literally dropped that gimmick after a week?
2: Or it was so? just on one promo. Um, He's known as the Colossus, the Tsunami. So it sounds, because that week he did, it, he was
0: like wearing a suit and he was speaking quite well and not posh, but you know what I mean, he he was quite well spoken. Yeah, and then the next week he was just back to normal, if you want. So I think it was almost like, oh, we'll test it for a week or two, see how it goes across and then make a decision. It looks as if they scrapped it without ever referring to it again, but. Probably for the best because we don't want the characters like. How many times have we seen characters like Bronson Reed come in Starfire and then turned into a joke after six months? For example, they do it a lot with the bigger guys, you know, like Vladimir Kozlov. That type of thing. It's it's not needed, and that's a very Vince thing as well. We know Vince is dipping his toes into the water, so hopefully Triple H has got one over on in him that, in that sense and turned it back into the Colossus. But enjoyable match, Joe. Did any particular comment on the Triple Threat?
1: No, not really. As Jamie said, like it was quite predictable. Um, um as I said last week on our prediction show, like if the if the draft went a bit differently and like um, Bronson We went on a different was still on Smackdown, I might have said him just for like a bit of a change up, but when they basically put like Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory on the same on the same brand. And I was like, Well, Austin Theory's already beaten Bobby and Lashley once, like Bobby Lashley doesn't need the title. Someone like someone I know they're kind of te- both technically heels, but I think Austin Theory is more for like um, like a weasley little heel, where Bobby Lashley's like a like a powerful like yeah. knock your head off heel. So the way Austin Theory won this triple threat match like suits his character down to the ground like a little weasley roll up and like oh yeah I'm still the best ha 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 and like that that's great booking like fair play to WWE this this actually made sense or as Jim Cornette would say a triple
0: threat match, no disqualification, lazy booking. He (laughs) loves a triple threat match. Right then, fourth match of the night. Interesting one, this one. The SmackDown Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley defeating uh, Selena Vega. Interesting in the sense that without taking anything away from her, she's one of these female talent where I think start started off quite quite well quite quite hot fizzled off a bit and then obviously got released and then got a big pot when she was brought back to the company and then again kind of forgotten about and almost you know no offense to herself but to the point where like people were like well who cares she's had this bit of a resurgent side of things um with the she is in the LWO isn't she yeah 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 um so that certainly helped herself, certainly as a conglomerate with it within the group. One may argue that if she was just a single star, not within the group, it you know, things wouldn't necessarily be going too well for herself. But it certainly helped, did it not, Dan, the fact that they were in Puerto Rico in regards to this. And I don't think any of us even realistically remotely thought in any way possible that Rhea Ripley was going to drop the title this early on with the greatest of respect to Selena Vega of all people. However, in the match itself, sometimes you get this feeling, or I do, where I think, yeah, beforehand, no way at all have I ever thought that this person was going to win until you get to the match. and so. Now, I will say in this match, I still thought even all the way through it, there's absolutely no way she's going to win. But my God, didn't the crowd love her and try to put a bit of belief into the match, which still made it actually really enjoyable.
2: No, definitely. I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it, it flowed quite well. I like the fact that she had the flag when she came out as well and uh, everybody was giving her a massive pop. They're all having a good sing-song with her as well. Um, it, it did everything that it needed to do, to be fair. If you asked me to name spots from the match, I couldn't really name a couple of the things that spot. happened. Sorry the flip-flop from the mother was it it's not really a move though is it she it, yeah. she threw a flip-flop into the ring yeah. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't no, make I, it
0: sound too great does it when the only no. thing you can remember is a flip-flop but the no, match was I, I better
2: than it anything. needed. yeah like it was it did what we thought it was going to do we knew that she was going to retain sometimes you need matches like that on a card it was probably the most lackluster but i think it again it was the fans that made the match what it was if you muted the match and took out, like, her crying at the start and her crying at the end, you'd be like, oh, it's all right. It's not going to make my top 25 matches of the year.
0: No, but there must have been something, certainly for me, like I say, to the point where I didn't feel the need during the match to get up and go somewhere. I still sat there and watched the entire thing, and at this point, what, we're halfway through the show, or, yeah, we're, yeah, we're about halfway through the show, just over, so we're, what, what 2 two thirty. 3 o'clock in the morning at, at this point over here and i'm not feeling the need to to get up and, and have a move about so something certainly invested me in it but i think we're all agreed correct decision
1: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um i agree with you town like the reason it was dead is because as leaders of Puerto rican descent and you know they want like the hometown hero but as we know from clash of the castle and um, Simey Zane in Montreal, they don't care about hometown heroes in WWE. <laughs> they just want to crush their dreams.
0: Isn't that true? Unless, of course, you are the hero in the match between Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. Now <laughs> then, my good Lord, the crowd. They they just didn't tire, did they? from match one to match end and you see this a lot even with hot crowds and i'd even say to an extent sometimes with uk audiences depending how long the event is and i think the good thing was that they stuck to around the three hour mark for this show as they have been doing lately um with your standard premium live events the crowd was just hot all the way through and didn't fizzle out and of course they were hot for bad buddy they were singing his theme on the way out got massive pop when he walked back over to the entrance and you know got that trolley full of all the foreign objects i've not had them call it that for a few years Foreign
1: objects. yeah um international object
0: international object probably not i'd call it foreign objects anymore right it's probably not politically correct um and day and, and day we good um i would say as far as wrestling side of things it wasn't Bad Bunny's best wrestling match, is, he, is it? Was this his third match? Uh,
2: WrestleMania remember. Royal Rumble, but Royal Rumble's not really a match. Yeah, the no, I'm sure he's had a match.
0: couple of. Has he not had two singles matches?
2: No, he can tag team with his um, okay. Chops at WrestleMania. Then he was in the Rumble for about two minutes so as
0: far as the wrestlers, the tag team match he showcases some decent <coughs> wrestling moves and he did to an extent in this one however it didn't need to be a wrestling master class by any chance because at the end of the day it was a street fight so it was more of a grudge match it was all about the no disqualification aspect side of things um but he still looked good he, he didn't you know he still looked better than a lot of the you know lower mid-card talents let's say without singling anybody out in particular um on the card and the crowd absolutely loved it, and the crowd absolutely loved the returns that we got in the match as well. We saw on camera beforehand um, Savio Vega get a massive pop, which I've read an interview with him afterwards, and he was like, I did not expect to get that type of pop. But he did, cause, You know, he is he is huge over there. Um, and, you know, one could argue probably should have had a, a bigger career than he did in WWE, because he was a very good talent. You know, remember his match against... Um, austin at wrestlemania that was probably the biggest match he had of his career but he was always built as a solid mid card going slightly into an upper mid card side of things before his career fizzled out and i, I would probably argue if he appeared backstage or on camera this side of the world or in america he probably won't get half of what he did and he may even get a who's that reaction from some audiences but you know they haven't forgotten about him. And when he, you know, he came out in this particular match as well, his music hit. Crowd absolutely loved him. But then, of course, Jamie, your favourite of all time. I know he is returned during the match looking as chiseled as ever with his LWO top on.
3: But right, I still have his original top upstairs. You still have a Kalito. With his little top. face in the apple. Kalito Caribbean cool. I bet his, that doesn't spits. fit anymore. Of course it doesn't, Jesus. <laughs> but he spits in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Whose face he did he
0: spit cool. in? I can't remember. Was it Dom? John John Cena? No, in the match.
2: <laughs> John Cena, yeah, you didn't see it,
0: though. No. Oh, Lord almighty. Well, eh?
3: dear Lord.
0: He definitely did, because he hit the backstabber and then took his top off and he spat in somebody's face, and I can't remember who it was now. Pretty
3: sure it was Dom, yeah? It was, he
0: was, it was, it was Dom, Dom, Dom. It was Dom Dom, baby, Dom,
3: Dom. Dom Dom. Dom Cena. Dom, Dom Cena, Cena, yeah, it, no.
0: Dom Guerrero, yeah. Um, but it, ha- it had a bit of everything, you know. Lazy looking, no DQ with all the interference. But it was the San Juan street
1: fight, Aaron.
0: The San Juan, yeah. My the The, the little trotting
1: with all the stuff in it, like, because that reminded me of, like, the hardcore matches, like, in, in like, the mid-2000s with, like, Al Snow, where they were, like... Used to break out like the trolleys with like stop signs in it. So like that reminded me of like Oaks matches when he brought out the the Dabonkey trolley with all the stuff in it. I was like, oh that's cool.
0: Yeah, and the match was what it needed to be, wasn't it? And they did give you know, they gave a decent amount of time to it. It was the longest match on the card, it was twenty five minutes, but it was it was Bugs himself, it was Bad Bunny. (laughs) Um and yeah, I mean You have to say whenever there's a celebrity involvement and when there's a celebrity involvement with somebody who actually respects the business and puts time and effort into it, that it was the right decision for him to go over. It wouldn't necessarily have made much sense for Damien Priest to go because this isn't a, you know, it's not going to be a long-standing, continuing feud. One would assume Damien Priest and the judgment Day move on to something new from this week onwards or next week. Are they on Raw or SmackDown? I've forgotten on the draft now.
2: Well, the judgment day they're on remanding
0: well there you go so from ne- next week they'll probably start afresh um but i thought it was enjoyable for what it needed to be anybody any further comments on that
2: no
1: i no, really enjoy the match Don't again speak. bad buddy as you said aaron like somebody who's not like an official wrestler who's just like you know He's a multi-platinum artist. He's a rapper. He doesn't wrestle for a living. Can actually do a pretty good wrestling match. Mm-hmm.
0: Good stuff. An ultimate match then. Oh, and I will, I will say as well. They build that match all the way through the night. As the jo- was it the joint main event or the dual yeah. main event? The or joint The, main du- event. the yeah, double yeah. main. Yeah, the joint main event that was the third to last match on the card. Anyway. Going into the penultimate match, which was the six man tag team match of the bloodline versus Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. I will say personally for this, whilst it was an okay match, it was probably the one I was it wasn't it wasn't like the worst match because there weren't any bad matches on the show, but it was probably the one I was most disappointed with because I just kind of felt like nothing's really happening in this match, apart from the end with who they chose to go mm-hmm. over, which um, I know, well, I think, was I, the, I know, so we'll get on to the predictions, but I think I was the only one who predicted it. So to me, it made sense. But like for you three, where you all said, you know, Tight team champions and Matt Riddle will go over, for them to then make the decision for the bloodline to go over, did it make much sense to you guys now you've watched it and you think back of it, or would you have gone the other way?
2: I like the bits that they did with Solo Sokoa where he almost spiked by like Jay and they're having an argument and even after they won the match they're not celebrating they're having an argument like well you went to hit me and he's like well I'll still go and hit you like you can still see there's even though they won the match it's still division so on Smackdown it will be like yeah you guys won you you got rid of the problem but actually the problem's still there is yeah, Solo going to pick his brothers or is he going to pick his cousin?
1: It's like Jimmy and Solo on the same page but like Jay is like got down to like Sami Zayn is like getting into his head and he's like you know Jay was like messing up the entire match and he was like tagging himself in when he wasn't supposed to and messing it up and then basically like Solo was like lost his rag with him and almost like someone spiked him and then Jimmy basically like then had to like calm it down, go, no he's your brother, don't don't spike him and then basically like um solo's like I will, I will if I have to kind of thing. So mm. I think the entire story of the match is like the the further implosion of the bloodline. The actual wrestling of this match, I think, was secondary to the story. I do agree.
0: No, I, I do agree. And am I right in saying Reigns is on SmackDown this week? Does he return yes, yes. or have I made that up? Why do I think I've now made that up or or is that happening? Let's have
1: I'm
0: a pretty look. sure he is on SmackDown. Roman Reigns SmackDown, you know. Let's do a quick Google search. Roman Reigns, blah blah blah, da Um, it doesn't say either way, but I'm sure, I'm sure I saw that on Flash or something. There was some sort of confirmation. So, if indeed he is on SmackDown, it would it would make sense for him to be on SmackDown based on the fact that the bloodline were victorious, just so we can see what the next chapter specifically for Reigns is. Um. But I certainly think, as far as I'm concerned, it was the uh, it was the right way to go about it, and that's why I chosen to win. Oh yes, there you go. Roman Reigns returns to SmackDown this Friday. What's he gonna do? Who will be the next challenger? There needs to be somebody.
2: Yeah, it'd be a tough one. I think we wait and see. Could be one of the free agents. It, oh, it could, it could be great. quick,
0: quickly then. I'm gonna put you all on the line. Just Roman Reigns comes back this Friday. They obviously need somebody. One would assume he's going to beat them and carry on, but they need somebody as his next challenger just to keep the ball rolling. Who's he gonna face in as his next world title challenger? I will just say Bob Bobby Lashley. They, they yeah, need somebody decent and credible, but I who we can go styles. over. That I think that's also a very good shout. So we got Styles, Lashley. Any any agreements? Any any other guesses, Joe, Jamie?
1: No, I agree, no. either Styles or Bobby Lashley. I, I'm trying to think off the top. Man. Elton I, Elton Prince from Pretty Deadly. I'm just trying oh, to think Lord of somebody Almighty. who's like. I would think Drew, but obviously he's on Raw. Um, <laughs> he ain't coming back. It's
2: over, yeah. it's I'd
0: over. say John Moxley but he's in AEW <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Joint the Clown but he's dead
3: The only other oh, person that this... I'd possibly say Just to give him like a, a one Kind of last push Before he retires would be one more Match, Edge Yeah, mm.
0: Could I, is he Although he's, he's in to the retiring world soon. Well, He's in the world heavyweight title tournament You know the Raw tournament yeah. Where there's Smackdown wrestlers They love it don't they um, yeah,
3: it's lazy I, booking. I
0: think Edge is, if he's not going to be this time, if he is going to retire around next year's WrestleMania, like it's rumoured that he's going to, he needs to have... I'm not saying he needs to be the world champion again. He probably actually doesn't. But he needs one more challenge, I would say. He needs another programme oh, for a month or two.
3: I, think I heard the rumours that it probably won't even be... WrestleMania it might be something like SummerSlam so you could have Roman Reigns retire Edge at SummerSlam well,
2: this year yeah it's
3: over
1: yeah. Um, Ed, I yes. watched Edge, Roman Reigns
3: um, at SummerSlam
1: yeah I watched Edge um, being interviewed by um, Logan Paul on Impulsive and basically Edge said I've got like a year I want to rest I want to retire next by this time next year this um, and Logan Paul interviewed him at, um, Just before WrestleMania He said oh, this, By this time next year I want to be retired So How about
2: Logan Paul Versus Edge at SummerSlam
3: Oh no I mean they've laid him. The foundations um, yeah, yeah. Want
2: Logan Paul versus He will be
3: wrestling
0: Well why not go the whole Yeah Yeah why not just do that at SummerSlam, Logan Paul versus Bob? We know Logan Paul's going to wrestle at SummerSlam because he just will. Cause...
2: Well, he's in his prime, Taron, you know.
0: Oh, good Lord Almighty. He would be if it was on any shelves around here, isn't it?
2: Mate, this, it's everywhere. It's in Asda, two quid a bottle at the moment.
0: There ain't none in Asda around near me. I don't go actively looking for it. I will throw that out there. But I was in Asda yesterday and I did go down the aisle to pick up another drink and the shelves were bare. They Ooh, were bare. Yeah, well-
2: We've tried it. I've had the blue raspberry, the lemon and lime, and I've got a tropical in my fridge at the moment.
1: Oh, I always I
0: know. Save it for money in the bank. Special occasion, only a couple of months <laughs> to go. Right. I'll be gone by then. <laughs> Main event then. For the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> There's a throwback. Only 20 years old. Versus um, Cody wrote. Yes. Yes. Um, what I mean, what do we want to say about this match? I mean, I think Surprise. the thing to take away from it with me is how, when I say quickly, I mean the match was about ten, just short of ten minutes long, so it was what it needed to be. I don't think it needed to be any shorter or any longer. But the the manner in which Cody Rhodes won was quite abrupt. But I almost quite think cowardly. it needed. But yeah, but I almost think it needed to be that because you are, you're beating Brock Lesnar.
3: You know, we we've have seen. adrenaline in Brock, your soul.
2: Brock Lesnar beat himself. Let's put it that way. He, yes. he caused the damage to himself. Yeah, Anything uh,
3: we want uh, to
0: take from that
3: match.
2: Well, yeah, like going amount
1: into, amount into of it. We're well, going the into it. Blood. He said,
2: oh, Brock Lesnar, you're a coward. And then he cowardly rolled him up during the Kimura.
1: I mean. And I'm surprised they allowed way. all that blood. I know it's like Paul Rico. They're like famous for the hardcore match and bloody matches. But. I was reading on the online and on on the Dirt She's like apparently they're really going to like start like buckling down on blood and like they don't want to show it at all. So the fact, I don't know if it was intentional or I don't think it was a blade job. I think it was just like
0: it it 100 percent wasn't a blade job, because if you go back and watch it, I, I think what what they've done is there must have been an agreement not even necessarily involved in management, more probably just between Cody and Brock before they went out, there must have been an agreement that Lesnar got busted open. And he will have basically said, this is when it's going to happen. And, you know, without even putting second thoughts, about it, I'm just going to do it. Because if you think about it now, or oh, I'm going to cut my head open without blading, I'm going to smash my head on something until it bleeds. You'd be a, a bit hesitant to do it. You'd be like, right, I'm going to do it now. I'll probably stop yourself. So it has to be one of those moments where you just got to go with the flow and just let it happen when his adrenaline's pumping, that type of thing. So, And if you watch it back, the manner in which he hits his head on that turnbuckle, you know, that was real. He split his head open and he proper whacked it. So I think he knew he was going to do that and he knew how he was going to do it. But it wasn't a blade job and it wasn't anything necessarily, I think, you know, agreed long term or even agreed with management. I think it was probably toward, between him and Cody more. But that added another layer to the match, which I think it needed, because whilst I thought it was a decent match, if that spot hadn't have been in there, I don't necessarily think they could have done the promo that they did the next night or a couple of nights later, should I say, on Raw with his face, because... He's had a fair few stitches in his head and that black I I don't know whether that black eye was legit or makeup, it was hard to tell. I think it was legit. Um but certainly you can the, the, Brock in makeup, can you? Well, yeah.
2: Um yeah,
0: I think it must have been, but it needed that spot. I'm glad it was in there. But I think I also read the same article as you, Joe, and I think that they are that was probably one of the last big Blood spots, unless it's anything accidental, that we are going to see for quite a while, based on what I read as well. Um, you know, and again, it it, it was it was accidental in the sense that it wasn't a blade shot, but it wasn't accidental because you know he he purposely threw his head at that turnbuckle on purpose to bust himself open. Um, but you think it was quite cowardly, dear dad, the the finish. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was, it was quick. It was a roll up. It wasn't like he it was a definitive wing. Yeah, yeah, he pinned him in the middle of the ring, but. It was almost like Brock was saying, well, I thought you tapped Mike Amora as well. Um, And I can understand why Brock would be a little bit pissed. So I'm happy we're seeing a rematch at the night of the champions.
0: Well, for any of our listeners that listened to last week's show, I said, oh, I think Cody will go over because I think it'll just be a one and done and that'll be it. And then I actually messaged the group a day or so later and I said, actually, I think now he's going to go over, but they will have two or three matches. I think they're going to have it where Lesnar will cost Cody in round one of the world title tournament and look what bloody happened. I'm on fire. Um but I think that's also the right thing to do. I I'm interested in what they're gonna do at Night of Champions because the promo on Raw with the terrible quiet crowd where they had to pump in their crowd noises. Um, I thought Lesnar's promo was very good. All the screaming at him, look at my face, look what you've it done. It was quite
1: quiet as well.
0: Yeah, the, you could see the way that they had to turn everything up. Um, I, I think that he kept saying, we're not going to wrestle. Like we're, we're going to fight. We're going to have a fight. Um, and I was thinking, is this pointing towards some sort of because one would assume Lesnar goes over in the next match so they can set up a third and final rubber match. The way he kept purposely putting out fight, 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 fight and they just have this merger with UFC,
1: they could have some It'll sort a of octagon right?
0: type MMA fight pit yeah. match, yeah.
1: They, have, they had one in NXT, it's called the fight pit yeah. match. Um, um, Matt Riddle and Drew Gulak had one in NXT, and then they had another Timothy. one. Timothy Timothy Thatcher had another one. So, yeah, they've got something similar in um, WWE. It's basically like a cage with Mm. no roof on it. And then there's the the ring's got no ropes. They did one with Riddle not so long ago. Daniel Cormier was a ref, wasn't he?
2: Yes,
0: that was it, yeah. So do we think, because he kept going, it's going to be a fight, it's going to be a fight, it's going to be a fight. Am am I thinking too much into this? Or or is it just going to be like a street
1: fight? I think it'd either be a street fight or like, Maybe a fight pair match where it's like more of like Brock's domain or like a cage match or something along those lines.
0: Because then Cody, if it's a fight pit,
1: Cody's got more of
0: an excuse to lose him for Lesley's go over because he's not an MMA fighter. He hasn't been an MMA fighter, whereas Brock's got that. So you'd absolutely 100% expect Brock to win. So then they have to have the rubber match. I don't know. I'm probably thinking too much into it. But it was a decent match for what it needed to be, and it sent the crowd home happy. Okay, let's have a look at our prediction results then. So the table beforehand had myself on 18 points, Jamie on 15, Joe on 15, Dan on 16. So let's... Tally them up then. So what was the first match? It was Bianca bella and Io Sky, was it not? Yeah. So that was a point for me and a point for Jamie. Both Joe and Dan went with Io Sky on that one. You me. Not not off to the best stars. Um, Omos and Seth Rollins. We had da, 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 only Dan that went with Omos. Oh, dear, he's an Omosapian. sapien, he is. So that was a point for myself, Jamie, and Joe. Sorry, I'm adding these up as we go along. I yeah, have, we can Just tap. to make sure I don't lose it. Don't, so I don't accidentally get the regret. What was the third match? Um. Was it the triple? I'm just gonna go in this order now because I can't remember. I'll, I'll go with the triple threat match: Theory, Lashley, and Bronson Reed. Joe said Theory. In fact, uh, we all said Theory. There Good. We go. It does make sense, though, doesn't it? Especially if he if they are
3: gonna push with him. the brand split. Well,
0: yeah, more, even even more so after that. Uh, right, um, Rhea Rip, well another one that we all got right, Rhea Ripley of course going over, Selena Vega, yet another quality decision and yet another quality prediction from us all. Uh, but uh, another, one. I might as well do this one as well. We all got the bunny, bugs himself, he was victorious, point for all of us as well. And then going into that. Triple threat match. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Only one person chose the bloodline. I wonder who it could have been. Oh yes, wait, it was me. And then main event, Cody Rhodes going over Lesnar. Two people got it correct. Two people got it incorrect. The point goes to both myself and Jamie. So the table reads... Look at this. Now, I I want this on public record, I do. Well, there's a podcast going
3: live across the (laughs) world. Well, of course, there we go. Carry on.
0: (laughs) Not only did I get every... I'm going to repeat this again, Joe, because I know you'll enjoy this. Not only did I get every single prediction, absolute bang on correct, but look at the table now. Dan and Joe, 19 points. Jamie. 21 and myself 25
2: full well, oh, quality Leicester boys. did win the Premier League once I was going to say if this
0: was the I was going to say if this was the Premier League now they'd be saying it's over, declare the season over, there's no way anyone's going to make up null that and episode void. out null- yeah. you, Brian Kendrick was WWE for champion London. for eight
2: minutes in a scramble match once and
0: all unofficial, <laughs> unofficial. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take that one to the grave with me, a quality clean sweep, not only has it never been done on this podcast before, I guarantee you, unless it's me, it will never be done again, how are you doing
2: on the quiz league anyway, Taryn?
0: Well, that brings us on to the uh, the quiz, I suppose. Let's have a look. Um, the quiz. Oh, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too <laughs> bad. Uh, mi- mi- middle the of the road. The first place. Middle of the road. So, Dan, of course, you are in first, currently with five points. Jamie, Jamie, who is doing this week's show, is on four. I'm on three. Joe, we need an improvement from you. Just the one point so uh yeah so i've got me pen i've got me oh, paper ready you've got your google as well in you? i've got me there here's the look here it is my fluorescent notebook oh, fluorescent it's not fluorescent it's a book you call that glittery it's a bit feminine i'll say it's the wife's um jamie i believe you have a quiz for us
3: yeah well i did send a little pre-quiz just to wet your whistle as well which obviously um we We're can possibly busy, put out again. on social media and let our Fans also have a go as well, see if they can do it based on the quality game of Only Connect, where you have sixteen wrestlers, you have to get them into four categories and explain why these four go in together. So that's something for you to do after the show and you can come back to move all of your answers if you like.
2: Okay. No
3: worries. But I thought I'd bring in everybody's favorite game today, and it is Coming down to the ring. That is right. Dan's face says it all. It is back. Coming down to the ring. For any of those that haven't played. You've all played it before. Don't you worry. There will be three tiers. If you get it right on build from. You get three points. If you get it from weighing in at. You get two points. And if you get it from. The nickname, you get a point. Ooh. As Is always, this a case
0: where we have to like buzz in and we lose our chance if we get it wrong.
3: I was just about to explain that Harry. Oh, yes. No dear Lord, we don't <laughs> so
0: need to. No. If
3: you buzz in, you only get a go each round, but you are automatically entered back in at the end um for each question. Or if everybody gets it wrong on each tier, you'll be back into it. So for say for example joe didn't answer in tier three but Taryn and dan did joe could go all the way to the end just to get a point if he wanted to and you won't be allowed to answer until he gives it incorrect. if he gets it wrong though.
2: Cool. so so you're, you're back wrong, in you're back in, in all their guests
3: on, on tier it. two is it oh,
2: yeah. just wwe or mixture of wwe either? there
3: is a mixture okay uh, so i, mean, I will give a little example for anyone that's never done it before and it's a very easy one so Uh, The first one is a build from Newcastle upon Tyne, England. I know it is. It's packed. You'd say pack, yeah. And then it was weighing in at £194. He is the bastard pack. (laughs) Okay, so that's how it is. Okay. So we will start with our first one, and it's a tough one because there's quite a few that come from here. Build from Houston, Texas.
0: Oh. Who's going to take the gamble? The question is, what if it's obvious? And it is the obvious answer, and he's doing it to just throw in, and we could have it.
3: I mean, audience. my first draft of it all, it was like from Greenwich, Connecticut, oh, from God. San Antonio, Texas. I thought, this is just too easy, this. So I, had to, I had to make it a little bit harder. Exactly. At one point, I had, from Las Vegas, Nevada, weighing at like 255 pounds, the big Valvoski was in there at one Yes. Point. <laughs> but
0: Hello, Ladies. But uh, um does anyone I'm, want to I'm take a guess? I'm not taking the
3: gamble on that one. No, uh, weighing in at a hundred and ninety five pounds. Oh, not. So uh, we've got. Oh, I feel
0: like that should almost give it away. Okay, so that that's got to be cruiserweight or or light, light, middleweight, hasn't it? Not not quite cruiserweight, but. Yeah, no, it will be, because 205 below his class as Cruiser, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think we need a third queue. No, I'm going to take a guess.
3: Oh. He's going for it. I don't Joel. even
0: think he's from that way, but I'm just going with it, because Dan mentioned him earlier. I'm trying to think of somebody more lightweight. and oh, Then again, knowing Jamie, it's going to be somebody in AEW, so I've probably got this wrong. I will go with the Brian Kendrick.
1: Um,
3: incorrect. Joe, are I you about to out. guess? Yeah, I gotta guess. I gotta say, Sammy Guevara. I will say the nickname is the Spanish God. Mm, God it Lord. is Sammy Guevara. What's he well doing being Joe?
0: born in Texas if he's a Spanish <laughs> God? <laughs> Texas so on the border
3: that, of Mexico. Well done, Joe. Two points. Two
0: points for Joe. There. Well done.
3: Okay, I was this is Dan.
1: thinking of it and then Taryn said EW and I was like, and then oh, it just gave it Oh you
3: know. god, he's given the answer away. Are there, is some, ad- there? there are some women in here There's as well, a,
0: just saying so you know. so like, Jamie of who's got I've got you
3: all colour coded. Taryn is oh. tangerine, oh, Joe is green, Dan is red because they make the Welsh flag. Yeah, boy. Okay, and obviously tangerine for Tarin. Okay. I know Dan's going to jump straight out and give a three-point answer here. And it's, it could be 50-50, who I might be teasing you. From Cameron, North Carolina.
2: Oh, oh um, I'm going to take a guess. Matt Hardy.
3: Incorrect. Does anyone want to take <laughs> another guess?
0: Yeah, go on then. But I don't think... I'm trying to think... I'm I'm going on the basis of the fact that you you've done that because you'll think we'll say one of two wrestlers. So I'm gonna go with somebody who was affiliated with one of them. But I have no idea if he was from Cameron at all. Okay. So I'm gonna say the person who was. In fact, he's probably not the person who was affiliated
3: with Matt Hardy. I'll go with Shannon Moore. Incorrect. Oh. Joe, would you like to take a guess, or you you've got a free reign to number two I'm, and one if you want.
1: Well, remember, guess. if you I'm...
3: get it wrong, they are back in the game.
1: i got to guess and see the hurricane.
3: Incorrect. Everyone is back. Weighing in at 225 pounds. Cameron Graves. Incorrect.
0: Jeff Hardy.
3: Correct, Jeff Hardy. He <laughs> did <laughs> to me, didn't it? He that to <laughs> me. The charismatic enigma. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Lovely. Yeah, it's like to throw that one. Okay. From Perry, Oklahoma. Jack Swagger. Weighing in at 275 pounds. The all American oh. American Jack Swagger.
0: No, it's Jake Hager.
3: Same thing. No. <laughs> okay. From Santa Monica, California.
0: No, I'm going to need another one on that one, I think.
3: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to jump in on that Wait! You're jumping in? Or you're no, not. I'm not. I'm not. to Joe is, though. No. Joe? No. Weighing in at 135 pounds.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, where were they from?
3: Santa Monica, oh, California.
0: Um, t- t-
2: t- Marco T. Marco who No. You say Taron. Kai Conti. She's from Rio incorrect. de Janeiro I don't know <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking
0: Joe, somebody that waits guess? Is not a
3: female No would, idea Or would you want? Or do you want to wait until the, the clue To get a point yeah, She we, is uh, The baddest woman On the planet Oh it's Brad Rousey It's Ronda Rousey Well oh, done Joe oh, Patience so. sometimes Does it Okay Your next one From Niagara Falls Ontario Canada Clyde
2: Oof. Oh. <laughs> Who? Ty Dillinger. Oh, the chairman. I
3: will I will give you that one. It's the chairman, Sean Spears. Sean yeah. Spears.
2: He was only relevant to Debbie Debris, so I gave uh, you his name. <laughs>
3: <laughs> From Columbus, Ohio.
0: Oh, it could be so many people. I know, yeah, I'm not guessing on that one.
3: Do you know?
1: No, Jimmy, I've got to guess and say Alexa Bliss.
3: Weighing at 102 pounds. Oh, <laughs> Goddess, Alexa Bliss. you going
1: to say Alexa Bliss. Alexa <laughs> Bliss.
3: But you've got to think now from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Right, I know,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: wanted to say it. <laughs>
0: Getting me saying this. it. Me, Kit Angle. He, he said it. <laughs> Incorrect.
3: Right?
1: Oh, good. Right, okay.
3: He's saying anything else? No no, yeah, no, no, yeah. Pennsylvania. I could to seen
1: Dr. Brick Baker DMD.
3: No, but I wanted you to think that. That's why I put it straight after Alexa Bliss. Okay. Weighing at 240 pounds.
0: Well, I might as well take not take the gamble and go for the. Um... Yeah, because you're only mm. on two points. Why not? Well, exactly, yeah.
3: Well, this I think this one is quite possibly the hardest one out of all of them. Go on then. The franchise.
0: Well, I know Shane Douglas was a franchise, but there you he... go.
3: It's Shane Douglas. Well I, mean, done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I mean, if you were going with in... anyway. Well, I know the franchise Shane Douglas
0: from ECW, but I didn't know whether you were going to go with retired wrestlers or not. But I'll take that for a point.
3: Yes. Okay. From Austin,
2: Texas. Oh, good lord. Could be so many people. Yeah.
3: Now no, weighing yet. in at 268
1: pounds. I still call Steve Austin. No, he's not Incorrect. from Austin. He, Texas. He's
0: from Victoria, Texas. No, I'm not going for it. I'll take the gamble on the nickname.
3: He is the one. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. I said that, for
0: surely, (laughs) yeah. I'm a nurse, man. (laughs) I got it first. So many asses, so little time. (laughs) The greatest I did any restlessly. There's just so little time because of all the asses.
3: (laughs) Sizzle me, daddy ass. Okay. From Boston, Massachusetts.
2: Oh. I know what you want us to think, but he's from a different area of mass, yeah. so I know it's not what you think you want What well, From want West to
3: Newbury, think. Massachusetts.
0: Oh, that, that's that one that's invisible, isn't it? That's that Juan
3: Cena <laughs> from Puerto Rico. Okay, no one guessing from Boston? Nah, Bean Town's a hard one. Weighing in at £114... And... Oh, Sasha Banks. The Boss... Sasha Banks. Yeah. It's boss time! No, it's the I, I, is it
2: Money. It. Money.
3: Okay. And your final one from Los Angeles, California. An Hello, night. Jungle mm.
2: Boy Jack Perry.
3: Incorrect. Dan. Oh. Are you wanting to guess or go all the uh. way?
2: No, no, if I'm high up on points, let's have the southern X one.
3: Weighing in at two hundred and fifteen pounds.
2: No, I'll take the third one.
3: The shaman of sexy. Oh, for
2: God's sake. <laughs> John Morrison.
3: Correct.
2: <laughs> oh, why did I gamble?
0: I thought there had to be a jungle boy in there.
3: No, that jungle boy Jack Perry.
0: He's from
3: that. So I well, no he's from a forest in the or something the way they build it. From the, for, the from
0: jungle. the jungle. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> well, we got points
3: then? Oh. So in last place with only four points It's Taron.
0: Hey, oh. no, I demand a Funny there. how the tides change, isn't <laughs>
2: it?
0: Unfortunately, when I'm tired, my history is not great. However, predicting the terrible booking of wrestling
3: cards, <laughs> I'm banging the. only there. WWE, remember? Yeah. But, um, with six points, it's Joe, which means tonight's winner. With nine, is Dan. However, I did say a bonus eight points for whoever. Oh. If there's a bonus eight points. On that extra quiz I gave you, remember? So it could all change.
0: It certainly could. Well, I'll give Dan the point for now. So Dan, you're yeah. on six on the leaderboard. Jamie on four. Me on three. And Joe still on one. Who's on quizzing duties next? You are. Yeah. Hey. No, we'll probably have to have a week off then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, typical. Typical. time, Taryn. <laughs>
0: Lovely. Right. Where can everybody find us on the socials, Daniel?
2: Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are Grapplecast Show. You can also find us on your Facebooks, your Instagrams, and your Twitter. But make sure you like, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.
0: Lovely stuff. Well, we hope everybody did enjoy WrestleMania Backlashes. Thank God it's no longer called, and we all look forward to uh, SmackDown this Friday to see what our tribal chief is going to say. Hopefully, we get a challenger for the title. Let's just hope he just wins everything. Just to annoy all the Marks out there, just to annoy everyone, he's going to give yeah, I... every every single bell. He certainly will. But, uh yes, as Dan said, do give us a like and a subscribe and a review if you feel. Thank you to everybody who listens to us week in, week out, whether you stream or download. Jamie, if you'd like to sign us off.
3: Well, uh, I guess without further ado, I bid you a good night, a goodbye. And g- leave you with this. Why, Don? Why,
0: Saraga? Bring it back!